Welcome to another edition of the Bones of Advertising. I'm Craig McLeod and you are? I am confused. You were confused I'm, last week. What are you confused about today? I'm, con- I'm a little bit confused. Actually, I don't think I was confused last week. I think I was confused the week before. Sorry, you're right. You were last week. You weren't confused. You were just having a conversation that really meant nothing. It was just <laughs> yes. yeah. which sounds confused, but it's actually just being relaxed mode. Um, but before we disappear down that rabbit hole, um, I am confused. I had a uh, um, I had someone ask me. Uh, to explain to them exactly how an ad gets made. Yeah, right. Well, bloody good question, that. And you know what? For once, we've actually put in a little bit of um, preparation for today. How about that? Yeah, yeah it feels like it feels like one of those TV chef shows. Like, oh, what would you like? <laughs> You'd like to know how to cook a roast lamb. Well, luckily, I've got a roast lamb here. Yeah. Here's one I prepared earlier. I'll just pull <laughs> this one out. What about when they do the whisking? And all of a sudden they're like, and here's what it looks like after it's done. Yeah, yeah. I love it. All that sort of stuff. But, yeah, look, so the beginning the beginning of how to make an ad has to start with the big idea. You have to get the brief and you have to, in your head, really work out what's the idea that you're going to try and bring to life. I think that's probably the, the beginning process, wouldn't you say? I reckon I reckon you're right. I reckon you're right. I reckon every ad starts with a, starts with a brief. Like it starts with a need. Essentially, yeah, exactly. if you don't have a need, yeah, if the need is I've got to spend my marketing budget, then all bets are off. But if there's a, a good ad, should start with a specific need, and yep. then from that specific need you get a very specific brief that understands who you're talking to, what their business, what their issue is, and yep. how we're going to fix it, and then from that, the big idea. And if it's not a big idea, then you may as well just spend all your money down at the tab and put a headline on a poster. Yep. Or take that money, put it on red or black, because 50% chance you're going to double your money. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. And if you and if you don't, there's an 84% chance that your money will be wasted because no one will pay attention to your ad. Exactly. That's right. If yeah. you're putting shit out there, no one's going to hear it, no one's going to notice it, no one's going to worry about it. But once you've come up with a big idea, JD, and that's a process generally that happens with us through what we call a think tank or a, a creative workshop or a yeah. brainstorm or whatever, so we'll throw a whole bunch of ideas around until we'll go, boom, Yeah, that's the idea we're going to run one. with. And then once... Once we've got an idea, the way we start sort of teasing that idea out generally Mm. will be the words. We'll generally try and wrap some words around that big idea, whether it's a script or whether it's a headline, a sub-copy line. We'll really try and work on the words, won't we? Yeah. How do you you explain the idea when you're down the pub and you're four pints in and someone says, what are you working on? You can say I'm, I'm working on a I'm working on a brief for you know slippers, bloody <laughs> lambs wool slippers. Oh yeah, with a, with a list because it sounds so much better when you say lambs wool slippers. So we've got Bugs Bunny. All of a sudden, see you've got buddy, you got uh, a bloody Porky rabbit Pig. hole already. You've got bloody Porky Pig, and you got you got Bugs Bunny. Um, <laughs> and before you know it, you've got you know there's some borrowed interest, but it's a big idea anyway. Um, yeah. uh, and someone says, well, what's the, um, like, what are you going to do? And if you can't explain to a pissed bloke 
exactly what your idea is, then there's every chance your idea is not strong enough. There's a little rule of thumb for you, Junior, playing along. Once you're at that point of getting that piss bloke with the words across what you're doing, at that point, you're going to have to work out mediums. You've got to know where this thing's going to go because you're not going to create a TV ad if you're going to stick it on a billboard, right? So you've got to be crystal clear based on the brief where we think those people are most likely to be impacted by the message, the idea that we've come up with and then the words that are going to wrap around that message, where are we going to put it? So medium is super important because medium is going to inform the type of assets we're going to create, right? Indeed. Indeed. So um, there's a a very good rule of thumb from, from people far wiser than me from far longer ago than I've been around is when you're looking, whether you're talking about television or radio or video or a Facebook ad or, a, you know, a social media post, think of it as a poster. Yep. If you can, if you can, if you can force yourself to be so simple that you can take that enunciation of whatever that idea is that you're working on yep. and you can turn it into either a headline on a bit of paper or a headline and a visual that work together to create a much deeper, richer, emotional connection with the idea that you're talking about, put it on a poster because if you can put it on a poster, you can put it anywhere. You can put it, you can turn that into a television ad. You can turn that into a radio ad. You can turn that into a Facebook post. You can turn it into a multimedia, brand-centered, extravaganza, customer experiential, whatever it is you want. Yep. But if you if you can't enunciate it really clearly on a thing that big, Winston Churchill said to the Lord of the Admiralty at the start of the Second World War, I want your plans for defeating Germany on one side of an A4 page by five o'clock today. Wow. So, and if the Lord of the Admiralty can stick it on a stick the entire war on an A4 page. You can stick an ad for a pair of slippers on something this big. On an A4 page as well. Well, we always present our ideas. The first component when we're presenting an idea in a pitch is always set up or mocked up as a poster, always. And the reason we do that is because it gets people in the groove of where you're going and it's the most simple form to deliver the words relative to how they're going to interact with whatever imagery we need to do that. In this instance, it might be grandma in her slippers just looking absolutely over the moon happy because she's got, yep, whatever. It could be a bloody, any kind of, you know, gorilla banging on a drum again, you know, like yeah. whatever it is, if you can deliver that, because then when you're in the pitch mm-hmm. and you're talking to it, you can then expand on where it's gone from that first key visual we call those, JD, a key yeah. visual. We do, we do. What's the what's that what's that lovely uh, the lovely thought? Um, uh, uh, lines win pitches. Yes. If you've got a great line, if you've got a great idea that you can put a line with an image, and you put that on the table before you start talking, yeah. They if it's a really good one, the client will have bought that before you even mention it. 10, 10 minutes later. Yep. And the way you know that it's good is when they're so connected to the line, they're not even worried about the image that you've got there. They're already talking about conjuring up a whole lot of other things that could work with this one line and then boom, you know, here we go. We could be on here. This is positive. Right here it's positive. So we once take we've that. got our key visuals, right, 
key visuals are ready to go. We've chosen our mediums. We've got our key visuals. Then we start to expand out based on whatever it is, the media plan. So the media team coming back to us saying, we're going to whack it on TV. We're going to stick it on a billboard and we want a bunch of BVOD, broadcast video on demand as well. So that's kind of going to be our go-to and maybe a bunch of social tiles. So phase one, we've got to create a storyboard now for the TVC. So for those of you playing along at home, a storyboard, JD, is what? Is a comic. There you go. It's a page out of a comic book. Basically a comic strip, exactly. Basically a comic strip. It's like, oh, Superman comes through the door, Superman yawns, Mrs. Superman says, why don't you put slippers on, love? Have you had a big day, love? Yeah. Superman puts his slippers on, puts his feet up, grabs a super beer, and his wife says, How's your day, love? And he goes, it was super. So there you go. And there you go. There's the ad. <laughs> but it's a bunch of little scenes stitched together to articulate what we're going to film on the day. That's right. And the storyboard comes out what we call a shot list. So the shot list really details all of the elements that we're going to try and film on the day. So it's really clear with a, a director and a producer, the producer, yep. their job is to really stick to the shot list. So they will make sure that each element from the storyboard is represented in the shot list because you may not shoot the commercial in the order that it is in the storyboard. So Quite that's why the shot list needs to be really succinct so that you can pick off each component of the shot list yep. to ensure at the end of the day you've got all elements of the storyboard and then when it comes time together to bring all those what we call rushes into an edit suite, we've got all the elements ready to go to bring the TVC to life. That's correct. And the hardest thing for people who have never done it before is to understand that video time costs money. Yes. Lighting technicians cost money. Yes. Carpenters cost money. The, the, The people who are bringing the pizzas to the shoot Costs money. All cost money and they all work yeah. eight-hour days. So when you go over 801, guess what? Double time. Your cash register starts ringing. So make sure you have everything lined up and ready to go on the day. You've got to, got to make sure that it's all ready. Yeah, and that's, that's, why you, that's why you will go on a, on, a, on a big shoot when you've got like when you well, even on small shoots, you really should go and talk to two or three directors yep. or two or three video production people, but directors, and direct, and they will say, here's what I think, here's how I can add value, here's yep. how I can make your idea better, and what we're going to do is we're going to do this, 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 and this, and here are the shots, and here are the individual shots. So they'll take your storyboard and they'll break it down into we look over this bloke's shoulder, so the camera's back there, we look over his shoulder to see this bloke eating a chip. Like it's really that that exact so that when you actually shoot it on the day, you can see your little cartoon of the of the of looking over this bloke's shoulder to that bloke eating a chip. And it's like, there's the shot. Thanks yep. very much. Tick that off. And And you go through the whole day, two days, half a day, whatever, and it's like, here's that shot, tick. Here's that shot, tick. Here's that shot, tick. It's a business. It's a business. It's not Hollywood. It's a business. And to prove it, if you go to Hollywood and say, I want to make a movie, they go, sorry, it's a business. (laughs) Exactly right, J.D., 100%. And I think the, the point you mentioned there about, sticking to time and talking to directors and really getting them to understand what you're doing. The great ones sometimes even come back with what's called an animatic 
Now, an mm. animatic is when they take the storyboard, they drop it into a film program, and they actually play it. They might have voiceover sit over the top mm. of it. So each scene comes up for the client to see almost in the thread of which it will then turn into moving pictures once we're done. So that's another level that you can take it to, particularly when there's some more technical things that need to be developed on the shoot. Yes, indeed. Indeed. So there's a whole lot of stuff that um, uh, we we probably don't have time to disappear down technical rabbit holes because they're the ones that I get completely lost in. Yes. But little things like um, if you're going to have a tornado happening in the background, yes. where is that tornado happening and what do you need to capture live in front of the camera yep. and what are you going to produce later? Yep. Because... No actor is going to stand in front of a tornado acting while his while his very life disappears or her life disappears in front of her very eyes. Exactly. So, so what are you going to have to and then how big of a tornado can you afford to make in post-production? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think yeah. another really important thing is on the day you have to understand that sometimes stuff won't go to plan. You'll think you had a shot in your mind that was red hot and ready to go. Then when you have it done, the line's delivered to camera, everyone looks at each other and says, nah, nah. that's not it. It's not going to work like that. Nah. And sometimes you, get, yeah, sometimes you get lucky. So that um, whole not happy Jan, remember that for the yeah. yellow pages? Pages directory. Keep calm. Count to ten. One, two, three, eight, nine, ten. Not happy, Jen. Yeah, hell that was, was made up on the spot. Really, and and three people have claimed credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's and the that? thing that made it was the actress wasn't able to open the window correctly. Yep. So she made up that whole kind of sticking her head for a duck. Not happy, Jan! Like, <laughs> it's just, it's, and and that happened on the day, but you can't bank on magic. No. As much as we like magic, you can't, you can't bank on it. You have no. to assume that the stuff that you've agreed to is the only stuff you're going to get. Yep, absolutely. And then I think what we're trying to talk about after we've got all of the stuff captured is it then goes into edit. Now, edit can be an interesting time or it can be a really easy time. And edit is really defined by what happens on the storyboard and how well you capture it on the day. So yep. all of the files, which are called rushes, so that's all of the individual bits of footage that are captured because the camera doesn't roll on an ongoing basis the entire day, but it has to be chrono chronologically, chronologically, yep. to be well chronologically set up on a, a hard drive and delivered to the, the edit suite. The edit guys will then start to put together what they call a rough. So rough is just taking each of the elements and bringing the best shot. So say we shot scene one three times, they'll pull the best one out, they'll put that in, they'll stitch scene two, which might be version A, might be C, D, and so on and so forth until it's all together. Yep. Then from there, it'll likely get to a point where we say, okay, well, let's put the voiceover over the top, we'll put the final screen in, but it'll just be a rough. 
And then we'll say to the client, okay, this is kind of where we're headed. This is the idea now coming together. Seek some feedback from the client, which is always one where they want to get involved and which is great when they get involved and they've got fantastic ideas to add. But generally, the clients will come in at that point, add their bits and pieces and talk through what they're thinking about and add any sort of thoughts um, you know, that, that might have come up during the day that, that uh, we need to consider while we bring it all together. And that, and that can often be, that's the, that's the beauty of having a really good brief right at the start. Yeah. So you can always go back and say, remember, remember what the whole, because, because from, from brief to conceptualization to key visual to, to storyboard to key graphic to doing the shoot to doing the edit, everyone, there's a thousand different conversations that happen all the way through there and there's a thousand different opinions and everyone's like, oh, what if it was maybe if it, and then, and quite often the thing that you show the client is exactly what, either exactly what you briefed them on, what, yep. you, what they briefed You'll you on. on. Yep. Or it's gone completely sideways. And that's when someone, either the creative director or the client, has to sit back and go, I reckon you've missed that. Yeah. Or, well done. I love Couldn't where you've gone. Could not have done better. Yep. Which is you know the best I mean? one. When that when we get to the point of could not have done better. So at that point where we've, we're saying, yes, everything's in the right order. We love the way it looks. Then it'll be brought together and graded. So grading is a process where we bring the levels of colour up and down because if we're shooting in the morning, by the time we're shooting in the afternoon, the sun's done this right throughout the day. So we've got different levels of light that we need to manage that's captured through the the camera itself. So we grade it to make sure that everything looks perfect. So when we transition from scene to scene, you don't go from seeing like me on the right-hand side. I love a lot of light, JD. He likes a dark scene. So looking at him over there in the podcast, uh, sorry, in the vlog if you're on video, but he likes a nice dark sort of moody and mysterious kind of look to his uh, his tile on the, uh, on the vlog. But we bring all those levels together and then we output what's called a broadcast file. So we output a file that is specific to what's required by the TV stations. It's got a whole bunch of things at the front of it. It's got what's called a clapper and the clapper talks about a whole bunch of different things. It's got a yep. key number. It's been approved by AdStream. It's been approved by CAD, Free TV Australia. And then we get to a point where we send it off to the stations and guess what happens? It gets scheduled and away she goes. Yeah. And and if it's any good, if it's a really, really good piece of communication, yep. watch the complaints roll in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mate. Watch the complaints roll in or talk to the client and watch the website hits grow. Talk to the client and watch the people walking into the dealership, into the supermarket, into the shop, wherever it is, clicking like mad, whatever we've asked them to do with that call to action. And that's, JD, how you make an ad. That's how you make an ad. That's how you make an ad. And how do you know if it's successful? Because if it's an ad, like they used to make in the old days, but if it's an ad and you walk past a school and you hear a five-year-old say, slippery little fucker, Peach. Pineapple. Pineapple. Slippery little sucker. Right. SPC. We do fascinating things with fruit. <laughs> then you know 
<laughs> you know you've got a hit on your hands. Yes, mate, that's very, very true. There are a couple of other ways that we won't mention today about how you can measure the performance of ads. But today, today, that was just another edition of the Bones of Advertising. I thoroughly enjoyed today, my friend. Well done. I think you. Uh, I think we've uh, you've covered everything off beautifully, except for that rather inappropriate story about the colour grading. Uh, but that's another story for a different day <laughs> in the R-rated version that may be appearing later okay. in the. Uh, Look out for that on the dark web, my boy. Don't go changing. I'll see you. Neither you, mate. You take care. Cheers. Okay.